0: Something happened a few minutes ago that I felt compelled to share with you, so I'm recording it before I forget the details. I'm Laura Christensen, host of the Professional Writer Podcast, where our focus is on confidently planning launching and growing our writing related businesses. You'll find the show notes for today's episode plus a transcript of episode number 29 and I have a special free printable for you that includes the six strategies that we're going to talk about today and you'll find all of that at bloggingbistro.com. Okay, so I said I had something I felt compelled to share with you. I was swiffering my kitchen floor when I heard a knock at the front door. I was thinking, well, maybe it's one of our sons that's making an unannounced visit. Maybe they forgot their house key. So I went over and answered the door. Standing there about six feet away was a normal looking middle-aged guy. And so (laughs) then I start thinking, okay, is this one of my neighbors who I haven't met yet? He's not dressed like a Mormon missionary. Is he delivering something? But There's no delivery van in front of my house. He introduced himself and he told me that he's running for Congress. A quick aside, I live in Washington state and on August 4th, we had a primary election. In our state, the top two vote getters, regardless of their political party, get on the ballot for the general election. This man was one of the top two vote getters. I congratulate him for his primary win. But as I congratulate him, I'm madly thinking, what congressional district am I in? Who did I vote for? Did I vote for this guy? Who's running against him? What political party does he represent? Then he hands me a brochure, which I unwisely accept from his outstretched hand because he wasn't even wearing a mask. And he delivers a quick spiel. He says, I'm a business owner and I live in a neighboring town. Okay, I'm thinking, yeah, I can relate to that. And then he says, I don't like the way things are being run by our government in Washington, D.C., so that's why I decided to run. And now I'm thinking, oh, this guy must be a Democrat because he's saying he doesn't like the way our government is being run. And a Republican is currently the CEO of our country. So I glance at his red, white, and blue pamphlet, which does not give me a lot of information about what party he's affiliated with. And I speed read while he's talking to me. I speed read the bullet points while he says, I was wondering if you have any questions you'd like to ask me. Friends, I am so bad at thinking on my feet, particularly when I'm in the middle of my Saturday morning brain fog swiffering. Anybody with me on that one? (laughs) So I'm like, you know, half away. No coffee, trying to think of intelligent questions to ask this guy. Inside my head, I'm madly thinking, Where's my voter's pamphlet? So I can check to see who I voted for. I save my voter's pamphlet from the primary election and then I use it again in the general election so I can remember who I voted for during the primary. So I'm asking myself all these questions and I'm like, Why is this guy not wearing a face mask when he's knocking on the doors of everybody in town? And I process all of these questions in milliseconds. And finally, Emerging from the cobwebs of my brain, I discern from his pamphlet that he's a Republican. And now I am truly bewildered because the man just told me that he doesn't like the way the government in Washington, D.C. is being run. And that's a direct quote. And then I'm scratching my head thinking, wait a minute, but he's Republican, which means he likely supports our current president. And in my mind, government and president are holding hands, maybe even hugging each other. So I realized that my cobwebbed brain actually does have a question that I could ask this guy. Are you a Trump supporter? I ask. Well, this podcast is a politics-free zone, so I'm not going to share his response or my response to his response. But I will say that this candidate honestly and forthrightly stated his response to my question, and I really did appreciate his honesty. The point I want to make here relates to the techniques that each of us use when we reach out to potential new fans, followers, or in the case of this person running for Congress, voters. I'm going to suggest five things that I believe this candidate did well or could have done better because I thought he did a lot of things really well. And then I'll give you six action steps that you can use as you grow your own business. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, there will be a free downloadable printable of the action steps. So make sure that you grab that because I'm going to be covering a lot of ground in the next few minutes. First, This person put himself out there. This is one thing that I think he did really well. He believes that changes need to be made. He believes that he has the skills and the experience to make change happen. He has strong convictions, and they're strong enough that he was willing to put his name on a public ballot and go door to door during a pandemic to meet voters. That's convictions, my friend. He put himself out there. The second thing that I think this candidate did very well, he took a huge risk by entering what he knew would be potentially hostile territory. I live in the most populated region of Washington State. It's an area that is extremely liberal, politically speaking. The county in which I live is more moderate politically, and yet, even here, people's political views tend to be very sharply defined. This man told me that he hadn't visited my neighborhood before, at least before the primary election, so he probably didn't have a real clear picture on a house-by-house basis of where my neighborhood stands politically. Before he started knocking on doors, he knew that he would face intense opposition. He knew that he'd face challenges to his beliefs. He knew he'd face hostility, people swearing at him dogs being sicked on him, and door slamming in his face. And yet, here he was, all by his lonesome, meeting and greeting. That took an extra measure of courage, or bravado, or stupidity, depending on your perspective. Third, his introduction was concise, and he came across as relatable and approachable. He started by succinctly stating his name, He reminded me of our recent primary election and shared that he'd made the top two. And he did this in just a couple of sentences, which was perfect for me. He knew his audience would be a homeowner who was either relaxing or cleaning their house on a Saturday morning. And he didn't want to waste my time, but rather he wanted to help me put a face with a name that I may or may not have seen on my ballot earlier that week. And when he finished his two-sentence introduction, he paused he gave me a chance to respond. And in turn, I congratulated him for earning a spot on the ballot. And he then gave me a few more pertinent details. He told me what town he lives in and that he's a 30-year business owner. My initial thought response was, oh, okay, as a fellow longtime business owner, I can relate to that. You seem solid. You seem respectable. Show me what else you got. Fourth, His message was me-focused, and here's where things went a little bit haywire for me. After the initial introduction and the quick warm-up, he made a me statement instead of a you statement, and this is so critical in brand messaging, and it is where the vast majority of us mess up big time. This guy said, I don't like the way things are being run by our government in Washington, D.C., Instead of answering a question for me, his statement initiated doubt in my mind because I immediately wondered, well, why doesn't he like the way things are being run? What political party does he represent? He didn't tell me those things when he introduced himself. So then I'm asking myself, well, why didn't you tell me? His political affiliation seems important, particularly in light of his dissatisfaction with the government. So now, instead of feeling kind of warm and fuzzy toward this guy, I'm beginning to have serious doubts about this person. I'm thinking, can I trust him? What isn't he telling me? Why isn't he being forthcoming about these things? Why is he telling me what he doesn't like instead of what he does stand for? Fifth, He didn't give me enough context to ask intelligent questions. This person did what's called interruption marketing, where he interrupted my brain-fogged Saturday morning with a message that I wasn't mentally prepared to process. And we're going to pause here for a little word nerd moment. We do these often in the Professional Writer Podcast. I want to define for you the term interruption marketing. Interruption marketing is where you broadcast a message to a wide audience, many of whom are not your ideal target audience, and you capture their attention by interrupting what they're doing, what they're seeing, what they're thinking. Interruption marketing typically requires a lot of resources, advertising dollars, or in this case, the human resource of time spent doorbelling. And because people find it annoying, it traditionally has a really low return on investment, or ROI. Because his brand message was me-focused instead of you-focused, when he paused and asked if I had any questions my brain scrambled to come up with appropriate questions to ask him. And as a result, I got stuck in the weeds and that was completely on me because I kept mentally asking myself, what political party does he represent? Why doesn't he like the way the government is being run? I needed to have those basic questions answered and to learn his stance on specific important issues in order to have a fruitful conversation with him. Because he didn't give me that basic information up front or very early on in his spiel, I lost trust in him. Let's apply this situation to the way that we do business. Like this candidate for Congress, all of us have strengths and weaknesses in the way that we reach out to our audience, particularly when it comes to reaching out to a cold audience, that is, people who've never heard of us. For the next few minutes, I want you to imagine that you're a candidate for office. Not necessarily political office, but you're trying to get voted in for the brand message that you represent. So imagine that you are going doorbelling in a neighborhood that might react with hostility to your message. Here are six strategies to help you plan your campaign. And this is the part where you can get the free printable of these questions. So go to the show notes at bloggingbistro.com and click the link that you'll find there to download the six strategies to help you plan your campaign when you're doorbelling in hostile territory. I'm going to walk you through the six strategies here verbally and then you can go to bloggingbistro.com look for episode number 29 and that's where you will get the printable that you can go through and fill out yourself that'll have these same questions. Strategy number one, put yourself out there. What is the life transforming message that you feel convicted To share with a small slice of the world. Remember, you aren't sharing your message with everybody in the world. It's going to be a small slice of the world. How will you be an agent of change? What convictions, knowledge, skills, and experience do you have that will help this transformation to occur in your audience? On a scale of one to five, how motivated are you to share your life-transforming message consistently over time? How many times are you willing to get the door slammed in your face without giving up? In the free downloadable that I'm offering, I'm also going to include some related podcast episodes that you can go back and listen to that will give you more information about each one of these strategies. So for strategy number one, put yourself out there. You'll want to go back and listen to episode number three, which is titled Going All In. Strategy number two boldly enter hostile territory. I'm thinking here of uh, Star Trek boldly go where no one has gone before. Who do you most want to serve with your life transforming message? Who do you most want to serve? Who is your ideal audience, your ideal client, your ideal voter, your ideal customer, your ideal reader? Will other people fall into your net as well? Who comprises your secondary audience? So typically, most of us have a primary audience, which I would call our ideal target audience. And then we also have a secondary audience. Those are people that we don't market directly to, but who also will fall into our net. Take a close look at your life transforming message. So go back up to strategy number one that we just covered and look at that message that you wrote down. What parts of it are controversial? It may not be too controversial, but that's okay. If there is controversy in it, I want you to be able to identify that. What objections can you anticipate that people will have? What differing viewpoints? What counterattacks or maybe even outright hostility can you anticipate with this message? How will you respond to each objection? How will you respond to viewpoints that are the direct opposite of your own? Because that will happen to you as you're developing your brand. People will disagree with you and they will loudly let you know (laughs) that they disagree with you. And so you need to be prepared to deal with those objections. On a scale of one to five, how convicted are you about staying on message, regardless of whether your message is something people want to hear, regardless of whether people will like you after hearing your message? Because it's not about you. (laughs) It's about the message. And then finally, practice, 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 practice it out loud, practice it with friends, practice it with enemies, practice honestly and boldly stating your message. Some related episodes that go along with strategy number two, which is boldly enter hostile territory. You'll want to listen to episode number five, is a B minus launch good enough? And also episode number 23, dealing with rants, ridicule, and crushing criticism. That's one of my favorite episodes to date, episode 23. Strategy number three, introduce yourself concisely in a relatable manner. Review the places both online and offline where you typically introduce yourself to the cold audience. And remember, a cold audience is people who are not acquainted with you. They probably never heard of you before. So some places where you would typically introduce yourself to a cold audience would be your website, your blog, your podcast, in the social media groups to which you are involved in, uh, during a webinar, through your online bio in Facebook ads or other types of advertising, when you're teaching workshops or delivering keynotes, face-to-face when you're meeting new people and when you're meeting customers. So those are some of the places where you would typically introduce yourself to a cold audience. On a scale of one to five, how effectively do you convey who you are and how you help or how you serve your audience? particularly when you're introducing yourself to a cold audience. Remember, we're going doorbelling here. We're putting ourselves in the place of the candidate for Congress who came to my house, knocking on doors, ringing doorbells, and introducing ourselves to that cold audience. So try to continually envision yourself in that scenario as you work through these questions. So here's the kicker. And this is kind of depressing, but it is so, so true. Your audience is going to give you approximately two seconds of their time. Two seconds. I am not kidding about this. They literally will decide within two seconds whether they're with you or not. So what I want you to do here for strategy number three, which is introduce yourself concisely in a relatable manner, is to write a two-second introduction. Here's a little template for your two second introduction, which I also call a promise statement. This is the promise that you make to your ideal audience. Hi, my name is, fill in your name. I represent, or I am, and here's where you just give a brief statement of kind of what you do. And then next you say, I help, and then tell who your audience is, your ideal audience. And then how do you help them? How do you serve them? And then finally, I help them to do what? so they can, and then fill in the blank with the result that your audience is going to achieve with your guidance. Strategy number four, focus on meeting your audience's needs. To do this one, I would like you to open up your website and look at your homepage and review the welcome message that's on your homepage. page. there's usually, there should be anyway, a short message from you near the top of your homepage that explains who you are and what you have to offer, the people who are visiting your website. So look at that welcome message. Look at the words in that message. Does your message start with the sentence, welcome to my website? If it does, axe that sentence immediately. Why? Because the phrase, welcome to my website, is cliché. It's considered a throwaway sentence. It's on hundreds of thousands of websites, maybe millions of websites. And because it is on so many people's websites, as the very first thing that people see when people visit your website, if they see, welcome to my website, their eyes just skip right over that word and they're like, ho-hum, big deal. Instead, ask yourself, how can I help the visitor feel welcome without using the word welcome. This is the Professional Writer Podcast. I assume you're a writer if you're listening to this. So you can write a sentence that helps someone feel welcome without using the word welcome. How can I show the visitor how their life is going to be transformed by what I have to offer using words like you and your instead of me and my? So for strategy number four here, we're focusing on our audience. We're focusing on meeting our audience's needs. That means we're talking to them and about them, not about ourselves. So a related episode here that'll give you some more information on that is episode number 14, titled Everyone's Favorite Radio Station, Are You Tuned In? And that's a short episode. I think it's only five minutes long. Strategy number five instill trust. Your audience can smell a rat 10 miles away, and most of them are going to be able to see right through insincere attempts to appear sincere and authentic. So never introduce yourself by saying something along the lines of, hi, I'm Laura, buy my stuff. Hi, I'm Laura, vote for me. Instead, candidly share your thoughts, your opinions, your beliefs, your convictions Share your message consistently over time. And that's the key. Consistency over time. Your audience is going to notice the consistency of your convictions. They'll notice the consistency of your message and they'll notice your consistency in showing up. So the questions here are, what mediums can you use to instill trust In your audience. Some of the ways that you might be able to do that are by emailing your subscribers regularly, by blogging, by podcasting, by posting a weekly video, by interacting daily on a particular social media channel, by hosting your own Facebook group. There's lots of different ways that you can instill trust in your audience. You don't have to use all of those ways, but choose one to start with. And then practice, 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 and master that particular medium. Once one is working well for you, then you can go on and add a second one. But for now, I want you to just choose one medium that you are willing to commit to using that is going to help you to instill trust in your audience. Then ask yourself how often you're willing to commit to publishing via that medium during the upcoming year. So remember I said consistency? Consistency does not mean publishing one blog post and then a year later going, oh, I just let my blog go to pot for a full year. I guess I better put another post up there. That is not being consistent, my friend. (laughs) Consistency means publishing fresh, original content every single week. It does not have to be lengthy. It needs to be fresh. It needs to be applicable to the brand message that you're promoting It needs to be something that your audience really, really wants to hear and it needs to be delivered consistently week after week. This is hard work. I never promised that starting a writing related business would be easy and it is not easy, but it's worth it. So hang in there, be consistent. On a scale of one to five, how committed are you to sticking with this regardless of whether you receive comments, feedback, or likes. I've noticed that that is a biggie for a lot of beginning business owners or people, writers who are just starting a writing related business is they start blogging and they don't get any comments on their blog. And they're like, oh, no one's reading it. I'm going to give up. No one's commenting. No one's giving me feedback. Nobody likes me. Poor me. It's not about you. (laughs) It is not about you. It is about Your reader. It is about your audience. And typically, blogs rarely receive comments anymore. I follow some of the most popular blogs on the planet. Blogs that back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, got hundreds of comments on every single post. Guess how many those same blogs get these days? One or two. So it's not about you, it's just a shift in the way that people are interacting with our writing these days. Back to that question. On a scale of one to five, how committed are you to sticking with this regardless of whether you receive comments, feedback, or likes? What key topics will you consistently address that relate directly to the life-transforming message that you offer your audience? And that's what it's all about, that life-transforming message that you can help facilitate couple of related episodes that you might want to go back and listen to. Episode number two, how to act like a professional even when you don't feel like one. And episode number 10, moving from self-focused to self-forgetful. Strategy number six, invite your audience to take the next step with you. Every good pitch includes a strong, confident call to action. What do you want your audience to do next? Don't make this more complicated than it needs to be. The next step can be something really simple that you're asking them to do. For example, it might be click a link to read an article or watch a video on this topic. Join my Facebook group. Subscribe to my email list. Register for this course or this conference or this event. Join my street team or my launch team. Notice the call to action that I did not include in that list. I did not include a call to action that said, buy my stuff. That comes later, after your ideal audience has had a chance to get to know you, like you, and trust you. At this stage, you're simply inviting your audience to take that next baby step in starting a relationship with you. Well, we have covered a lot during this episode that started off as a visit to my door this morning. Be sure to download the printable, Six Strategies to Plan Your Brand Campaign When Doorbelling in Hostile Territory, and go through those questions. I invite you to join the Professional Writer Podcast community. That's our private Facebook group where you can ask questions, you can get clarification, you can share ideas, you can get feedback from the other members of the group. It's a wonderful and growing community, and I think that you'll enjoy being a part of it. Also, if you want to get caught up on every episode of the Professional Writer Podcast, you can find them all at bloggingbistro.com, which is also where you'll find the show notes and the downloadable printable, Or you can listen to the show via your favorite podcasting app. The show is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Overcast, all the major podcast listening apps. All you have to do is open up your favorite podcast listening app on your phone and key in The Professional Writer and this podcast should pop right up, and you can subscribe to it and get every episode. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please share it with a friend. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode of the Professional Writer Podcast. I will be back with you again next week.